We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of the Bear Report podcast. My name is Zach Pearson. I'm one of my your hosts on the podcast. And we're going to break down everything with the Chicago Bears as they had a little bit of an extended bye week following a 16-13 win over the Houston Texans, or geez, Carolina Panthers um, in week 10. We'll look ahead to week 11 as the Bears begin a stretch of their final seven games of a bye week sandwich in between. They'll begin it in Detroit against the Detroit Lions here in week 11. We'll break all that stuff down. Let's bring in my co-host Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, um, it, it, it's pretty simple. I've said this a couple times now this week. Seven games for the Bears, seven games for Justin Fields to leave absolute no doubt and prove he is the guy. That's what we're kind of looking at here um, in, in the final seven games in eight weeks of the season. Well, and seven games for Matt Eberflus and possibly Ryan Poles to justify keeping their jobs. And, I mean, let's just be honest, man. And I, it's funny because I, I I tweeted this out. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. And just kind of going through, like, the Bears next five weeks because, like you pointed out, they have a bye week. Um, you know, so it, it gets kind of <clears throat> gets kind of weird. But they have Detroit this week in Detroit, who's 7-2. and two. Next week. They're at Minnesota, who's six and four. I dude, I cannot believe the Vikings keep winning, man. They've won five games in a row. When the Bears played them, they were a one-win team. The pass so, for them, man. It's it's insane. So they're six and four. Then they have a week 13 bye. Then they come out of the bye with Detroit at home. Uh, you know, again, seven and two. And then they go to Cleveland and play the Browns, who are six and three and have an elite defense. And it's so I I, I basically asked, you know people for record predictions and the majority of it was you know one and three oh and four um which is basically where i'm at i i, I lean oh and four i think they could win one of those games but i think the most likely scenario is the bears are three and eleven coming out of that stretch into the last three games of the season which at least in my opinion at that point it doesn't really much matter what you know matty reflues does from there on out it's it's over at that point obviously that's not the way maybe maybe not the way the bears will think, but it feels like this is a very critical next five weeks and four games for the bears, starting with the lions, because 
if you go back and you listen to Ryan Poles uh, in his introductory press conference when he was hired, you know, the one clip that stands out to everybody is, you know, we're going to take the North and we're never going to give it back. Well, since he's made that quote, um, the Bears are 0-8 in divisional games. And over the next, you know, four games that they have, five weeks overall, they're going to have three divisional games and two of those against a team that was in a very similar position to what the Bears were over the last few years. And they turn the corner. Um, and I know some people are kind of thinking maybe the Bears would take a similar route this year with the fact that, you know, maybe they start off a little slow, but then they kind of get the bearings. And, you know, by the end of the year, we'd be thinking about how good of a team this is going to be next year. I mean, things could change. Like you said, there's seven games left. But at this point in time, it doesn't seem to be trending in that direction. But I, I just, again, and I, and I know, obviously, you're you're more focused on Justin Fields coming back. Hopefully, he can play all seven games. That would be amazing starting on Sunday because I don't know about you, and I'm sure we'll get into it. I'm tired of, I'm tired of the Ty- Tyson Bajant, Justin Fields talk, um, you know, and, and overblowing things, you know, for what they are. But this just feels like a critical stretch for this regime, considering you come in, you say, we're going to take the North. We're never giving it back. Obviously they went into a full on rebuild last year. When he said that we didn't know the extent of what they were going to be doing, tearing down. But I think even for a rebuilding team, like let's just say they were to go Oh, and four and they lose all three of those divisional games. I mean, at best, dude, you're talking about a one in 11 divisional record over two years. I mean, that's just, you just, you can't have that. And so, again, I, you know, not to look too far ahead, but I just, it feels like these next four games are going to be absolutely critical. If they come out of these, if they come out of this two and two, let's say they win one against Detroit and either one against Minnesota or Cleveland, I think you could say, okay, well, they beat two pretty dang good teams. Uh, You know, all three of these teams are projected to be in the playoffs. If, you know, if the season ended today, I think you can kind of make an argument. Yes, things are getting going in the right direction. But I think anything less than that, especially if they go 0-4, I just I don't see a way out of that. Yeah, I, I seven games, man. I don't I, I can't see them winning more than three of these games. I I hate to say it, but like, you know, Minnesota on the road, Monday night football, it's a tough one. You have, like you mentioned, Cleveland, you have Detroit two more times. Right there, I mean, that's four games I think they're gonna lose. Honestly, the only games in my eyes that are winnable, um, you know, are Atlanta and Arizona. Um, and even then Kyler Murray's coming back. Yeah. Or is I, already I back. think you can make an argument for, I think you could make an argument for green Bay. I still think green oh, Bay yeah. is a you slightly could. better team. Yes, but it's also on the road. Yeah. And honestly, man, like pr- they have to prove it to me. I can't pick the bears to beat green Bay until they actually do it. Like what they, they haven't won since 2018 against green Bay. Like, so yeah, well, I mean, I, I could really, you could you honestly pick them to win another game the rest of the season, especially with Kyler Murray back at quarterback? I and mean, dude, Cardinals look like a completely different team this last year. Yeah, they week. look a lot better. They I mean, no, I, I honestly if they were to pick one, I I would say maybe Atlanta, maybe Arizona. I guess Arizona, because Arizona's at home. Um I, is Atlanta at home? I can't remember if Atlanta's uh, at home. I thought Atlanta um, was on the road. It might be. Yeah, I, dude, honestly, I've looked at the schedule so many times this year and I, it just doesn't sink in for me. Like, well, it's the because the reason... season was over in week four. You know yeah, what I mean? But I mean like, even was... before that, when the schedule, like, really the only game at Chicago. Really... Okay, at Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, New Year's yeah. Eve. So there's my New Year's Eve plans. I'll be, I'll be watching the Falcons and Bears. Yeah, um, yeah no, I'm already, uh, I, I, I know it's my job, but I, I'm 
probably going to skip out on the Christmas Eve games. It's a three o'clock game. And it's just like, I like my family does Christmas Eve because we have, you know, me and my wife have both have separated parents. So it's like four families, a two-year-old. It's very hard. Um, obviously, if the Bears in the playoff hunt, I won't be skipping it. But yeah, I, I don't think we're going to get there. I think that kind of goes to our, our line. Like, yeah, the Bears have shown improvement. Um, but honestly, like, yeah, the biggest improvement has been their run defense. And to me, I, I don't want to discredit Matt Eberflus for that. I Obviously, that's a positive. Um, anytime you can have improvement, it's a good thing. But like this, it also isn't 19, you know, 91 or 1980s where teams were running the football a ton. Like this is a passing league still. And yeah, slowing down the run helps, but like also like, like I said, it's a, it's a passing league too. So we'll see. I mean, they've gotten better in that area, but I got to see this defense get better overall. Um, We got to see strides from the offense and I keep going back, man. It's, it's Justin Fields. You have to leave no doubt. And for Matt Eberflus, he's got seven games to prove he, he should be here. You know, I, I know there was the bold prediction from Adam Johns that he would be, you know, would stay another year. I, I think the only way he stays another year is if somehow he goes six and one, five and two, but also proves, okay, this locker room, this culture is actually good. And, you know, he can be the guy for this job because, I just I don't know what the positives are for him. When if he comes to your table and says, "Yeah, I need you know I, I deserve to stay," where do you point to the positives in this at all? I I don't see many, if anything. Well, and that's I think that's kind of the thing is everything's mounting against him. I mean, it's one of those things where he basically he needs to win four out of these last seven games and not have the worst winning percentage out of any head coach in in, in Bears history, which is obviously a long history. We're not talking a thirty four year. <laughs> you know, 30 or 40 year franchise here, we're talking about a, a franchise that has existed for, you know, well over a hundred years now. So it, it, it's a situation where, yeah, I, I think, and, and like I said, you just, you kind of have to, there, there's certain trends that you go back to. Right. And, and even this year, it's like, yes, have the bears improved? Well, yeah. I mean, they started off Oh, and four. I mean, it's, it's not hard to improve on Oh, and four and having basically, you know, the top odds at that point for their own pick to be, you know, the number one overall pick. Yeah, they've gone three and three since that point. But at the same time, like you look at the games or you look at the teams that they've beaten and it's not. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's not like they're going out. It's not like they beat the Chiefs. You know, it's not like they 
You know, it, it, it's not like they, they barely beat the Panthers. Let's be real. I mean, they barely beat the Panthers. Well, and that's kind of the thing. I mean, and, and that's that, that was one of the things that I wrote about, you know, in, in my in my 10 Bears takes with when he said a gridiron was it's like, yeah, the Bears won the game. And and obviously Matt Eberflus was, you know, pretty happy after the game and weirdly even during halftime. But it's it's one of those situations where you barely beat the worst team in the league and Frankly, it took Eddie Pinheiro missing a field goal for that to happen. It just, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's just one of those things where I think you you have these litmus tests against certain teams. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, the first two wins of the season were blowout wins. And then obviously, you know, the Bears beat the Raiders. And then, you know, the Raiders fire their head coach. And all of a sudden, they rattle off two in a row. Um, and then, you know, it's like there's been a few teams that have kind of bounced back or, you know, whatever. But it's like at the same time, like, this has been a Jekyll and Hyde team all season long. And, that, and that's and that's kind of a trend that goes back to last year. Not obviously as extreme. I felt like they hung in games better last year than they did this year. But you're talking about a defensive-minded coach that still isn't – I mean, his defense in terms of the numbers, like in terms of – even if you look at like DVOA, like they're still bottom six or seven in the league. You know, like you start looking at the trends of anytime they win a game, they turn around the next week and they usually get blown out. Um, they've never won a divisional game. They've never won two games in a row. Uh, I mean, the, really the list goes on and on and on. I think one of the concerning trends this year that was once again an issue on Sunday or on, on Thursday night was penalties. It's like they had multiple opportunities to put the Panthers away and they couldn't do it. The Panthers didn't score an offensive touchdown the entire night. And obviously you got to give the Bears defensive credit and the Bears defense has played better for the most part, you know, during this stretch. But I think you also have to take into account the quality of opponents that they're playing. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the, the Raiders who started, uh, you know, Brian Hoyer, and you're talking about a Washington team that's been pretty up and down all season. And obviously the Carolina Panthers, I mean, maybe the Giants are the worst team in the league now with, you know, going with Tommy DeVito, a quarterback, which just seems criminal at this point. But, you know, like when you look at it from like an all like through the first nine or 10 games, depending on if a team's had a buy so far through through the first 10 weeks of the season, Carolina has been the worst team in the league and you barely beat them. So, you know, and, and I get it, you know, people want to be optimistic. They want to think that they can turn the corner. I just, it, here's, here's what I have a hard time with is I have a hard time because like you said, you know, if they, I think if they win, if they win, if they go four and three down the stretch, I'd give them seven wins. I think that that would be enough for this regime, especially Matt Eberflus, to sell that they're heading in the right direction. Because quite honestly, if you would have told both of us at the beginning of the year, the Bears, like with no context, the Bears finished seven and ten. Okay, well, that's pretty solid improvement. Now, obviously, the context of the season has not been improvement. And you got questions at the quarterback position. You got questions at a lot of other spots. You know, the two two assistant coaches have gone now. It's it's been a really weird season. But I think that four and three probably saves Matt Eberflus's job. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if three and four saves his job. But again, it you know, I, and I know that that's kind of people's fears, but th- we were doing the same thing last year. Where we're like, well, you know, they're hanging in these games. They're doing well. And what do they do? They go and they rattle off, what was it, nine or ten losses in a row to end the season. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but it's also one of those things where I think if you had, if you asked me what's more likely, if the Bears finish with four or five wins or if they finish with, you know, seven or eight wins or even six or seven, quite frankly, I would say it's much more likely that they finish in the four or five win range. Because like I said, unless they pull out some sort of, some sort of upset over the next four games, 
they're going to be three and 11 heading into those final three games of the season. It's like, okay, you can look at the quality of the opponents in those last three games. The bears had a lot of toss up games last year that they simply didn't win against teams that they were probably better than. Um, it's going to be a similar situation this year, especially if you get, if, you know, let's just say two of those four losses are blown out, blowout losses, especially coming out of that bye week against, you know, Detroit and, you know, against Cleveland, which I think could be a, is going to be a really bad matchup for the bears. It's like, you start looking at it and it's like, I mean, this entire locker room could be drug in, you know, below the ground by the time they hit those final three games of the season. Not to mention, I mean, you know, it's, I don't think Atlanta is a very good team. I, I think they have a really bad quarterback situation, regardless of who's healthy and who's not, but there's a very good chance that Atlanta could be in the playoff mix because the NFC South is terrible. Like they could be vying for a playoff spot when the bears meet up, which obviously you would, you would give the edge to Atlanta. And then with Arizona, depending on what happens over these next few weeks, they could be catching some helium. They're, they're, you know, a, a first year, uh, you know, first year head coach, they get Kyler Murray back with finally playing, you know, pretty solid football, which they've been playing off and on all year. I mean, that could be a team that could be hard to beat too. And then with Green Bay, it's like you said, I mean, you got to see it to believe it. We've seen some really bad Green Bay teams and some really bad situations. Some Bears haven't won those games. So I just, I guess that's a long way of saying that I don't think there's a guaranteed win on the schedule the rest of the way out. Um, and frankly, you know, for, for as easy as it is to kind of zoom out and look at all seven of these games and say, well, they could win four games. They could win three games. They could win five games. The reality of it is, I still think they're going to be lucky to win more than two. Yeah, that's that's where I sit with it. And that's why I'm just I'm not really looking at at the records thing. Um, I know it's obviously it, it's important for Matt Eberflus, but for me, it's just Justin Fields. It's, it's it's can he leave no doubt? Because honestly, man, if there's any doubt in Ryan Poles' mind about Justin Fields being the franchise quarterback, Ryan Poles is going to take a quarterback. I, I know Marvin Harrison appears to be the generational talent in this draft overtaking Caleb Williams and Drake may. I just don't see a GM in his second year with a second chance to take a quarterback at number one, overall number two, overall potentially number three, overall, depending on how things fall passing up on a quarterback like Caleb Williams or Drake may, if they're there and the way, you know, the Panthers have the number one pick right now and it goes to the bears and Arizona wins. So that gives them a little cushion it's very likely that Carolina is going to have that top pick or yeah, Carolina's got the top pick or at worst have the number two overall pick, which, you know, goes to the bears. So the bears are going to be in a spot to draft a quarterback. And like I said, you, you cannot leave any doubt. If there's any doubt whatsoever, Ryan Poles is, is not going to wait to pull the trigger in my eyes. I, I do. I do think Marvin Harrison is going to be a fantastic prospect. I do think he can help the bears. I also don't want to have another gamble. Oh, well, let's wait till the 2025 draft and take a quarterback there. Let's gamble on a mid-round pick. If you don't have a quarterback in this league, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. It's just not going to happen. The problem with the Bears is they have other needs. You know, they have still have needs in the trenches. I get the whole trade down scenario, but for me, man, uh, you, you still need that quarterback. And, and watching Drake May play, watching Caleb Williams play, I'm more inclined to take a gamble on one of them if they're there at one ideally in our dream scenario if you're into the tanking is the bears get like one and three and you force you know you could take marvin harrison you could take a quarterback at one you force number two to take the other quarterback and you land with marvin harrison number three but we'll get more into that 
as, as, as you know, off season goes on, but it's, 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 it's all about Justin Fields, his final seven games. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, and I think it's also worth noting too that, you know, this this weekend within like the draft order... It's big. Well, I mean, well this last weekend, it, it, there was... A lot of, you know, things kind of developed and obviously, you know, we'll have to see what happens with the Packers. There's a few three win teams that you could kind of see maybe falling off. I think more than likely, I think Green Bay is going to they may not win a game for the next few weeks. But I do think that when it's all when all said and done, uh, you know, I I do think that the Packers are going to have a few more wins than even if they get to five or six. But more than anything, I mean, Right now, the the Panthers really have about a game and a half lead because they've already they have they haven't or sorry they've already had their buys so they played one less game than the rest of everybody else. But because of their strength of schedule, um, they're very likely because of the division that they're in. They're very likely going to have a lesser strength of schedule than any of the top four or five teams. And I think the other nice thing about it is is that the Giants and the Patriots play, and that's obviously going to push one of those teams to you know three wins and a higher strength of schedule. So let's just say out of the top five teams, let's say it's the Bears, Patriots, um, Cardinals, Giants, and and Panthers. I you know when the you know I, I would rule the Bears out at this point. I think the Bears are going to win at least another game or two. I don't think. I, I think at best Carolina is going to win three games. I'm not sold that they're going to win three games, but I think more than likely, let, let's just put it this way. If, if the Panthers only win two games, I think there's a very good chance that they end up with the number one overall pick because of strength of schedule. If they win three games, that's when it gets a little interesting. But like I said, with the giants and the Patriots playing with each other or playing each other, and let's just assume that Arizona wins, let's just say two games down the stretch, which I don't think is, is a stretch in logic then you're talking about um, a situation where it's basically Carolina is going to end up with one of those two picks. Even if the Giants don't win another game for the rest of the year, the Patriots would push themselves out uh, because of that win against the Giants. Arizona gets the four wins. The Bears are at five wins or whatever the hell it is, four or five wins. It doesn't really much matter. Then you're looking at a situation where you're either looking at two and four, one and four, one and five, you know, whatever the case may be. But you know, and, and we saw it last year. I mean, obviously things can happen and, you know, a, a team can rattle off one or two down the stretch and make things interesting. But I think ultimately, unless something crazy happens, I think it's a pretty safe bet at this point that Carolina is going to end up with one of those top two picks. And it's 
it's just interesting because a lot of that kind of unfolded this weekend. You even had teams like Denver um, that, you know, kind of seemed like they were going to be in the mix for, you know, maybe a top five pick. You had, you know, the, the Raiders were another team. Like there were a lot of those fringe teams that are kind of sitting in that three or four win range where all of a sudden, I mean, just to give you an idea, you've got basically you have eight teams right now that have three wins or less. Tennessee, the Rams, the Packers, and the Bears are all sitting there at three uh, three wins right now. So I would have to guess Tennessee is going to win another game or two. The Rams, frankly, were playing pretty good football before Stafford went down. I think they'll end up winning a few more games. I think Green Bay will end up winning at least two more games. The Bears will probably end up winning another game or two. So that leaves you with four teams, Arizona, New England, the Giants, and the Panthers. You know, you, you have to like your you like your chances of the, the Panthers pulling off one of those top two picks. But, you know, obviously we'll continue to dive more into that as we go on. But it's uh, things are definitely shaping up a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, the whole Justin Fields thing is going to be interesting because I think and maybe you feel differently. I don't think you do. But I, I feel like these last two Tyson Bajan starts have really kind of calmed the waters in terms of people, you know, pining for him to be the starter for the rest of the season or even believing that he could be a long-term answer for this team moving forward. I mean, nothing against him, but again, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. These last two weeks, he's not looked good at all. No, he's strong. He looked like he took a step back on Thursday night against the Panthers and that's not good because the Panthers were without some key pieces on defense and, yeah, like we said, man, they barely beat the Panthers. I know it's a win. We'll take wins, but I don't know how anyone came out of that game feeling great about the Bears still um, barely beating the Panthers. Let's kind of shift focus now and talk about Detroit because this is a Detroit team, man. They're hitting their stride. I don't know if you watched any of that game against uh, the Chargers in, in Week 10, but, man, that was fun. And, and, and looking at Detroit, they're going for it, man. Dan Campbell going for on fourth down. Um, you know, I, I saw something that the Chargers scored a touchdown on their last five possessions and still lost the game. And the Lions are doing it, man. They have a really damn good defense. Jared Goff isn't making mistakes. Their offense is good. They have a good rushing attack. They have good wide receivers. Sam Laporta is a hell of a tight end. Um, he looks like he's, he's going to be an easy TJ Hawkinson replacement. Lions are legit good, and this is going to be a big, big test for the Bears. We saw last year at Soldier Field, the Bears lost was 31-30, a uh, key mistake at the end. I think they did they miss an extra point or something like that as well. Um, and then they went to Detroit late in the season, and they got their butt whooped. And Detroit's kind of becoming, you know, I don't want to say like a big home field advantage in the NFL. Their fans are in it, man. They've been waiting for a winner, and it looks like they got one. So this, this is going to be a tough game. Obviously, the biggest storyline will, will be if Justin Fields will play. He got the extra time this week. You know, Matt Eberflus really didn't kind of quote-unquote reveal his hand on Monday and, and kind of ignored if Justin Fields is going to play. I'd be shocked if, if he didn't play. I think it's time. He's got to get out there. The Bears need him out there if they want to win games. Uh, but either way, man, it's going to be a really tough game. Yeah, well, I think I think it is because I think that, you know, going into the season, I know – there were a lot of people who kind of doubted Detroit and, you know, I, I had them as my division winner. I mean, obviously like we've, we've said for a while because it's the truth, like the lions are the lions, but I think that that is kind of done, man. I really do. Like they, they look like a good team and, 
you know, a, a few weeks back, they got blown out by Baltimore and everybody's thinking, okay, well, maybe they're not as good as what everybody thought they were. And it's like, but then, you know, Baltimore goes out the next week and has another blowout win against, you know, another good team. And you're like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe Baltimore's just on a roll, whatever it is. But the last two games, Detroit's kind of figured it out. They went into their bye week. They came out. Uh, you know, they've won one, two straight games. Their defense is interesting because it feels like their defense should be better in terms of overall numbers. I can't remember where they're at DVOA wise, but they're, they haven't got after the quarterback as much as I would have thought. They have 21 sacks in nine games, which isn't terrible. Um, I don't really know the pressure rates off the top of my head. Um, they haven't caused a ton of takeaways so far. I think they have 11 combined takeaways. I think they have like eight interceptions and three fumble recoveries or whatever. Um, but I think the big thing is, and kind of, you know, with this, with the game last week was they, they have that offense to where there's so much creativity and there's so much adjustment on the fly that even if their defense isn't performing, they can still outscore people consistently. And I think that that's going to be kind of a big thing. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, because I just, even with Justin Fields back, like I, obviously I think Fields makes the offense better than what it was with Tyson Bajant. But at the same time, I don't think that this offense is in a in, in a situation where they can go out and get into a shootout and win games. And again, I yes, the Bears defense has improved, but at the same time, like look at the quality of opponents that they've improved against versus, you know, look at the one bad performance they've had over the last few weeks. And that was against the Chargers, where the Chargers basically did whatever the hell they want and then took their foot off the gas in the second half because the Bears offense couldn't do anything. So I, it's just one of those things where I think on paper, I think this this game, especially in Detroit, like you said, Detroit's been a whole new place this season. I think that this has the ability. I'm not saying it will, but I think this has the ability to be one of those games that gets out of hand. I just think even if they're able to keep it somewhat close, I don't see how they're going to be able to get over the top and hold on to a lead with as is, is explosive of an offense as what Detroit has. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the thing. It's gonna be tough. The Bears aren't they're not built to really come from behind and and, and win games. Um yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. And you know, the Bears looking for that first divisional win of the Maddie Rufus era. The Lions are on the way up, the Bears kind of trending the wrong way. And it just kind of feels like the Bears are gonna need a lot of things to bounce their way. I'll be interested to see, you know, what does Matty Rufus say? Remember, there's Probably a 51% chance that Justin Fields will play. There's a 51% chance he won't play, which the math there still does not add up to me. Um, just give the straight answer, man. Let's let's kind of figure this out and, and get going. But, yeah, I'll be curious. I, I, I would expect Fields to be fully back practice tomorrow, if not tomorrow, Thursday. At some point this week, he's he's got to be fully back, um, you know, and fully cleared. We'll see if there's maybe some gamesmanship from Eberflus, um, which is – my eyes kind of pointless when you're three and what three and seven, but we'll see. But yeah, this, this, this does feels like a game where the bears are going to need like, you know, a couple turnovers, um, get a couple takeaways. I mean, 
have some big plays on special teams. They got to play mistake free football. If they want to pull this upset, um, you know, in Detroit, I guess Aaron, if you don't have anything else to add, we can get to our picks and our X factor if you'd like. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, yeah, I just, I don't know that there's, there's a lot to add. I, I think they're going to, like you said, they're going to have to play a damn near perfect game. They're going to have to have bounces go their way. And that defense is going to have to prove that they're not just good against bad offenses, that they can actually hang with a good offense. Cause I mean, Detroit has one of the better offenses in the league. So and they got, we- I mean, they got weapons, man. They, got they do. Well, I mean, TJ Hawkinson had a, a monster game. He's been coming on. I'm on Ross St. Brown's been pretty good. I think Jamison Williams is, at his moments, I mean, yeah, it's just – and plus, we, I mean, we didn't even really talk about the running game. I mean, between Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery's having a great season too. I mean, they've they've kind of got it all working. And, and, and I'll be honest, I'll just say this now, and I, I think a lot of people feel this way. Like, Ben Johnson is my top head coaching candidate. Like, in watching him even this last week in that Chargers game, it was actually – it was really fun to see – the adjustments on the fly from him and the creativity that he had and just what they were doing offensively. It was like, you know, the chart, you kind of looked like the chargers would start to figure something out and then Johnson would pull, you know, pull a rabbit out of his hat and then they would just keep, you know, keep the drive move and have these explosive plays. And it's just, I don't know, man, like it, it, I think the, well, I don't even think, I mean, we know the big key for this defense, you can stop and run all you want and that's fine. But the big key for this defense is, they've got to be able to rush the passer and get to the quarterback. And Jared Goff's been in the league long enough. He's not the most mobile guy, but Jared Goff has been in the league long enough to where, you know, it, it's going to take those, you know, 2018, 2019 defense, uh, you know, getting after the quarterback type of performances. And I just don't know, as for as good as Montez Sweat has been, and for as, you know, the, the offense, uh, defensive line has looked better, but I do – it's just one of those things. I, I guess you, you got to see it to believe it. And frankly, man, I mean, the, the Detroit's offensive line's pretty dang good. They're, they're one of the better units in the league right now. Yeah. And if the Bears can't get a pass rush, I mean, it, it's going to be, it's, it could be a long day for them. Um, I'll go first here with the prediction and X factor. I, I think Detroit's going to win this one. I'm going to say 33 to 24 Detroit. I think the Bears keep it close for the most part. Um, Detroit, you know, pulls away at the end, gets a big stop, gets a big scoring drive, wins. I kind of gave my X factor away. I, I do think it's going to be the trenches. You mentioned Detroit's offensive line's good. We saw what Montez Sweat, the impact he has. Um, you know, I think he had eight pressures against the Panthers. Doesn't have a sack yet, but, you know, he was brought in to create pressures and, and open up opportunities for other players. He's starting to do that. Gervon Dexter played well. Um, Yannick Ngakwe got a sack. I'm going to say if the Bears can control trenches, get some pressure on Goff, they have a shot to win this game. They also got to protect Justin Fields back there as well. Yeah, no, I and I agree. I, I, I mean, it's <laughs> I think I think the blueprint's pretty clear, and it's it's just gonna it's gonna take a lot. Um, I'm going to go Lions 34, Bears 20. Uh, I think the Bears will have some offensive su- success. I think ultimately what's going to end up happening is I think they're going to keep it relatively close within the first like two, two and a half quarters of the game. And I think it's just going to slip away from them. And I think that the Lions offense is going to be relentless and the Bears aren't going to be able to keep up. I think really what it comes down to, and this is something that the Bears have not done a good job of this year, is they got to win the turnover battle for one. This would be my X factor, win the turnover battle. And I think they also, they they got to win, as dumb as it sounds, the, the penalty battle. I mean, they've, that's been one issue for them. I mean, even in the even in the game against Carolina, like they commit so many penalties, and it's like I think they had seven penalties called against them, but they also had another two or three 
that were declined. Two of those happened on the same damn play. And it's just, those are the kind of things that they just, they have to clean up. And it, it's just the, it's the self-inflicted mistakes that continue to, you know, in terms of talent, I think, I think a better coach team with his talent, I think would be producing better. But I think one of the biggest things is, is they just, they're not a very disciplined team. And unfortunately, especially offensively, it's like they, you know, they get going down, you know, get going down the field. I don't know how many times we've seen this and a a holding penalty or something, some sort of penalty or some sort of negative play just completely derails the entire drive. So that's what they got to stay away from. I mean, they, like I said, they basically have to say about as perfect as possible. And frankly, even then I just, it's going to be like they're going to have to their offense is going to have to continue to score points and their defense is going to have to you know actually you know make some stops and i just i mean that's a lot to ask i think i think i don't know man i think the lions are a really good team and and that's not really a knock against the bears i just think the lions are far and away better um than any you know from most of what the bears have seen outside of probably the chiefs game this year they're not good the bears are not good at the little important things they commit too many penalties um they don't tackle well, things like that. They, they're just not good at that stuff. Things that, that they should be good at that Matty Rufus preaches, they're, they're not good at. Well, they're a poorly coached team. I mean, yes. <laughs> as much as we continue to pile on Matty Rufus every week, I mean, that's just the reality of, of what we've seen. They're not, they're not a, they're not a well-coached team. And that's, that's the other issue is, I mean, you don't know that, that you don't know what you're going to get out of them from a week to week basis. It's like they come out and they looked, you know, it's like they, they, frankly, they looked pretty, pretty awful against the Chargers, right? And then they come out this, you know, this last week and they look bad again. So it's like, is this the week that they come out and they look really good, but then they lose it down the stretch because they're just not good enough? Or do they come out and they, and, and they, you know, have the Jekyll and Hyde thing going again? I just, like I said, man, it's just, they're, they're so unpredictable from a week to week standpoint. And they just, they fail to capitalize on a lot of the things that they should. And it's just, to me, going against a seven and two team, who I really do think is a true seven and two team, there it's just it's it's going to be a, a tough ask for them to win the game. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm with you 100. percent Aaron, where can I want to follow you on Twitter? Where can I read your read your work at? <laughs> yeah, you out. can follow me on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can follow me um, at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. Follow the Bear Report at just Bear Reports. Um, you can read my work on the bearreport.com, keeping you updated with the latest on the Chicago Bears, slowly transitioning into draft stuff. Unfortunately, it's kind of where we're at with the with the franchise at this point. Please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to help us and picks for polls. Until next time, everyone, please stay safe, 